Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Happy Friday to you. And this is my time of the year. You will have a full plate of football. Well, you got a little bit of it last night. We'll talk a little bit. By the way, interesting watching the Patriots, the Eagles' first opponent in week one. I'm going to give you my assessment a little bit on them here in a second. I do think you're going to have issues with them. And I'm going to explain why. But you're going to have a full plate tonight. All the games will hit on them a little bit. Some of the teams that are going to be going into the 2023 season with question marks. Some teams that I think are going to get better. Some teams that I think will get worse. But you're going to have a full plate. Obviously, the Eagles play the Ravens on Saturday. A couple games on Sunday as well. You know, I mentioned to you, oh, real quick. So I watched C.J. Stroud last night. And do I think Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson and some of the younger quarterbacks are going to struggle in their first exhibition game? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would make this point to you, though. C.J. Stroud, please tell me why I think a quarterback from Ohio State, that player, is going to change the narrative of that program never in a million years and the history of 160 years of football that Ohio State has been playing has never produced a all-pro quarterback in the NFL. What what makes me sit here and think Ohio State and C.J. Stroud is going to change that narrative? Justin Fields is struggling. When Dwayne Haskins was alive, he struggled. I mean, go down the list of any quarterback that has come out of that school. Krenzel, the kid who won the national title, I guess. Mike Tomczak, I guess. But those are marginal quarterbacks. Ohio State does not produce superstar quarterbacks. 
That's not a position that players around the country are running to. Quarterbacks don't go to Ohio State. The best quarterback, there's a reason you don't see any of them in the NFL. They don't go there. Why? Because they don't develop them. They never have. Go back to Woody Hayes. They've never developed quarterbacks at that school. They never have. It's not an important position for them. They beat you with O-line, D-line, linebackers, running backs, wide receivers. The wide receivers at Ohio State are by far more gifted. The receivers at Ohio State make the quarterbacks. They make them successful. And... You're playing against shitty corners in the Big Ten. There's a reason when you watch these quarterbacks in college play at Ohio State and you go, unbelievable talent. Cardell Jones, all these guys, they're bums. Those windows aren't as wide open in the NFL as they are at the Big Ten level. Just saying, I mean, look, I hope the kid changes the narrative. He would be the first one in 160 years of football at Ohio State. No quarterback has ever come out of Columbus. And the one guy they had, here's the prime example of them not being able to identify good quarterbacks at Ohio State. You ready? They couldn't even identify Joe Burrow. They let him walk out the building and go somewhere else. Dude. Oh, so JM goes, so what? Michigan produced one great quarterback. That's not the point I'm making. Why in the world? And by the way, the quarterback that he said that Michigan produces, the one guy everyone in Ann Arbor hated. He got the job by default. They wanted Drew Henson and Brian Greasy and all these other guys to have the job. They didn't want Brady to have the job. Lloyd Carr hated him. Hated him. Okay, shit, by default. Won 12 games, an Orange Bowl, I think. It's funny, Michigan fell into Brady the same way New England fell into Brady. Again, he keeps, Jam goes, so why keep drafting him then? Why keep drafting a kid out of Ohio State? That's the point. That's the point. Why use a first-rounder on any Ohio State quarterback when you know it's not going to work? Every single year, because Ohio State dominates the Big Ten, kid puts up great numbers, and you watch Stroud and you go, there's another guy that's not going to make it. Why draft a guy and use a first-round pick on something you know is going to fail. It just shows you, again, continuing to do stupid shit over and over and over and over and over again results in people still doing stupid shit. It was on display last night. You're like, why would people still to this day, why does the NFL not learn their lesson? And then you answer it this way. Jalen Hurts, a second-rounder. Okay. Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick. People can't get that position right. Very few times do you land on a franchise quarterback 
in the first round. Very few times. Carson Palmer wasn't a franchise quarterback. He was okay. Now, he's a USC guy. There's another school that doesn't produce quarterbacks. I'm under the belief that Caleb Williams is going to be that next guy. Yeah, okay. We'll see. Pac-12 or Pac-4, whatever it is now. Southern Cal's never produced a quarterback that's been worthy of anything in the NFL. Come on, man. Stupid. Stupid for programs. And I'm, I'm watching that last night going, why would you consistently throw a first-rounder at people like that when you know it will never work? Okay. They did play New England. By the way, D'Amico Ryans, you know, I tweeted this out last night at Dan Cilio's show. Hey, they're playing harder. They have no talent on that team. And I'm going to make a prediction to you. You ready for this one? I think that kid Will Anderson is going to be a better football player than Michael Parsons. I think he's going to be a better football player. I think he's more athletic. I think he's bigger. I think he's tougher. I think he's going to get to the quarterback. He's got Ryan's helping him. You bet, baby. I see good things with Will Anderson. Will Anderson, in my opinion, will be better than Michael Parsons. He is a good-looking talent. Absolutely. Hey, Big Seals, the realest guy may not always agree, but you're Philly through and through. I can't wait to meet you at Hooters and have a beer. Thank you so much, Ace. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I, I, I think Will Anderson, the kid out of Alabama, is going to be a better player than Michael Parsons. This kid's, this kid's got it. He, he's got the it. Okay? Jamie goes, Anderson was drafted higher. I don't care. He's going to be a better football player. Michael Parsons is going around telling people that he's better than Lawrence Taylor. Anderson will be better. Anderson will be better. Okay? I like what I'm seeing with that kid. By the way, again, Michael Parsons, Will Anderson, um, Will Anderson has the same mentality as Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. Who do you want on your team? Same type of work ethic. Tell you one thing I like about that kid, just like I like what every Alabama guy that comes out of that program, let me play in the bowl game for my guys and let me finish something I started. I like guys like that. Those guys didn't have to play in that Sugar Bowl. They did anyway because they wanted to finish what they started. That's character. They had millions and millions of dollars on the line. They still did it. Good for them. Some go like this. Well, gee, you're you're congratulating a kid for doing something that he should do anyway. Not quite the case any longer today, is it? You get huge pats on the back for going to work. You get huge pats on the back because people like to be stroked. Everybody today likes to be stroked instead of just doing your job. Okay? LJ, I got so much to get to today, it's incredible. Philly Godfather, 530. We're going to talk with our friend. Um, I think the Eagles are going to have a little bit of a 
difficult time with the Patriots from what I saw last night. Man, they're so well coached. They're so well coached. Here's the problem, though, with New England. Do they have enough playmakers? Okay? Do they have enough guys? See, they're going to make plays on that Eagle defense. But I don't think they're going to make consistent plays enough to beat them. And that's going to be the end all for the Patriots and why they lose that game in week one. Um, I, I, w- I would say this to you. They just, they don't have enough in New England. Offensive skilled people. Now, Belichick is not going to show a lot. But what he does show is still his mentality. I saw something last night that I already know how he's going to attack the Eagle defense, which is pretty simple, too. It's not really any kind of mind-breaking news here. Um, he's here, here are the areas he's going to attack because you have zero experience there. He's going to run the ball on you, okay? And that will be the key to their success if they win the game or not. If they get five yards of carry on your defense, they'll win the game. And they don't turn it over. If you can't stop the run, you have no experience really outside of Fletcher Cox at your defensive tackle position. I believe they're going to throw screens, and I believe they're going to test those linebackers, especially N'Kobe Dean. Zero experience at the linebacker position. Who your starter is at Mike. Little bit on Morrow. Question mark will be whether he makes the team or not whether he gets a guy from New England on the ground or not. Don't talk to me about an outside linebacker who's not even in the mix potentially to make the roster and telling me he's going to get an NFL running back down in week one of the season. When you got a conversation going on, if Nicholas Morrow even makes the team. So don't talk to me about that. Okay, so to me, I watched how they attacked the Houston Texans defense. The Houston Texans defense is not that bad. They just don't have any talent there yet. Ryan's has them running around. They were they played with energy. They just, again, they just don't have talent. But they're clearly going to attack our safeties. They attack the safeties with the Texans. So you kind of got a sense of what O'Brien's going to do because he doesn't have gigantic skilled people. He doesn't have superstar skilled people in New England. So what do you do? You're going to attack the inexperience and you're going to attack the weakness. The weakness of the Eagles is their defensive tackle position until further notice. And the weakest position on the entire Eagle team is the linebacking core. And then I would say the second weakest position on your team is your running back. Third would probably be safeties. So he's going to go linebacker safety and he's going to threaten those. First and foremost, he's got to be third and short. They did a lot of that last night. Again, this is what you take away. Scoreboard's not an issue. It's why you're never going to hear me bring a score up in preseason football. But what you're going to hear me bring up is you're going to hear me bring up. um, You're going to hear me bring up how they're attacking and what they're doing fundamentally. 
And in my opinion, again, with the addition of Gonzalez, remember something. Their edge rushers are outstanding. Their defensive line plays outstanding. Their linebacker core is good. They're a little short in the secondary, but still at the end of the day, they were an outstanding unit last year, which is not surprising. That was a good unit. And let me say this to you. If that unit was in the NFC, they'd have been number one. They would have been number one. That team has to play the Bills, the Bengals, the Ravens. They have to play all these big-time offenses. Playing the shitty offenses that you got in the NFC. Last year, the Eagles played shitty defenses and offenses. Well, not so much the defenses, but offenses last year. That def- And again, I just don't think they have enough playmakers on offense. Their running back is exceptional. Okay? The kid Stevenson is exceptional. You got to keep him healthy, I would think, if you're in New England in the exhibition season. Any guy that can get you 60 catches and 500 yards in receiving and 1,000 yards rushing and 4-7 a carry, that's a weapon. You're praying to God that DeAndre Swift is that guy. You're praying to God, okay, that that guy that you, you – there's not a guy on that Eagle team that could cover that running back. And just because you've never heard his name doesn't mean that he's not going to be effective against inexperience. And again, do you notice what I'm saying about the Eagles here? I'm not saying talent. I'm saying your lack of experience. You got an experienced guy who knows how to catch the ball, run with the ball. You have the greatest coach in the history of the National Football League, and they're going to threaten those areas. Now, you get great play. If you stop the run and you hold them, under four yards of carry, you'll beat the Patriots 31-7. If you don't, it'll be a fourth-quarter football game. Okay? And it wouldn't shock me to see that a fourth-quarter football game, just like Detroit last year. That Detroit game was a fourth-quarter game. Weird shit happens in week one. I think Bill O'Brien, too. There's no question. I think Bill O'Brien is going to be an asset in New England. But again, I I don't want to blow up New England here, making New England sound like they have a ton of talent on that team. They don't. Their talent's on the defensive side, not the offensive side. So you're going to have to make that game a fourth-quarter football game if you're New England. And if you're the Eagles, you want to score immediately. You want to go on 14-play drives, 12-play drives if you can. And if you can do that and run the ball against them, it's going to be a long night for them. But I saw what they were going to do, and I kind of get a sense of what they're going to do in in game one against the Eagles. See, the first part of the season is not going to be any really conversation about your offense. You have an A-plus offense and a C-minus, no, C-defense. Right now, will it get better? Yes. Yes. I think you have a C-defense. They're coached very well. It matters tremendously. The Eagles got to be prepared, and they cannot play 
with their food here on this. That's right. What, what's in front of you? It's Tone, take care of business. You know what that is? Run the ball on them. See how the one great thing. That's right, Micah. You're you're dead on, Micah. Eagles scored in their first two possessions, 14-0. I don't think they I don't think New England could come back from that. Now, if you're hanging around and it's 14-7 and you go into halftime, 14-7, 17-10, it's gonna be a fourth quarter ball game. Again, the kryptonite on the Eagles this year is nothing to do with their offense. Ah, you could question the running game and the running backs, but you're not gonna they're going to be able to cover that. Now, also this. Do you really want Jalen Hurts running a lot in that week one? I guarantee you. You want me to? I'm going to make a prediction to you guys. Okay? JM says Stevenson's an average back. Well, then you have dog shit backs. A guy would, get this. See what guy like JM undermining a player of Stevenson's credentials? 60K. This guy's Brian Westbrook. 1,000 yards rushing, 500 yards receiving, and 60 catches. He says socks. Really? You're hoping for that. You're hoping for that guy. I don't give a shit what this guy thinks of Stevenson. Because remember, I'm going to always apply what people say in here about other players. If you think that guy's not a good player, then you don't have a player. And that means DeAndre Swift is not better than him. He's never proven it in his entire career that he's been better than him. Where do you say that you have a better back than the kid in New England? Where? He's in Carolina now. You don't. You have wishful thinking. I have sample size. That's not an opinion. The kid's career last year and the kid... Oh, Sills, that's one good year. I know, Jalen. I know, Jalen. We're going to apply all your dumb shit to everyone, to be fair here. Okay? Just because, that's right, that's exactly what it is. It's name recognition. Just because you don't know the name doesn't mean New England's running game is trash. He's a productive and he's very effective in that system. Fans better not sleep on him. I'm telling you, man. That's why when you watch what New England does, see, the Ravens, are, what's that, what's, what do the Ravens have? They got like a 23-game win streak or something or 23. And, New England doesn't give a shit about that stuff. They work on things that are their weaknesses. They're working on weaknesses. That's what I think the exhibition season's all about. Okay, so that game's going to be a little bit more interesting than what people think. Do I think the Eagles come away with that win? I do, because I don't think New England has enough offense. But if you can't stop the run, you'll lose that game. You will lose that game. Your defense is not that good yet. Yet. Now. If all of a sudden we see Jordan Davis and Jalen Cart stopping the run, that means they're ahead of schedule. This is not anything to do with ability. I have not said the word 
They suck. I said the words inexperienced. That's it. That's it. So, 99.9% of the people that watch our show are very intelligent football people. There's a few percent people that just think and demise and undermine other people's talents on other teams because they really, you know, they look at their, their guys in a better light, which is cool. It's okay. Your team is not better coached than New England. New England just doesn't have the talent. You hired a guy that won three Super Bowls up there as a consultant to your football team. So if Bill Belichick is not the coach you think he is, why did you hire Matt Patricia, one of his understudies, as a consultant to your team so you could have a better coaching staff? Did you ever think of that? So before you say you think your team's better coached, you took a coach off of his coaching staff and put him on yours so that you can get a better sense of how to prepare against other teams. Well, if Belichick and you think he sucks so bad, you put a guy from his staff on your team. Okay? The Eagle defense will be the reason they don't win the Super Bowl this year if this thing doesn't mature quick enough. And by the way, do I think they'll be in a position to be better by week eight, depending on what health looks like? And I'm hey, this is clearly an opinion I'm making. I don't think you have a Mike linebacker on that team. I I, I just do not think you and by the way, I'm gonna start doing this. I'm gonna name the position now because I don't give a shit what Nicobe Dean's name is. His name means nothing to me. It's like it's it's like the guy from uh Bull Durham, Luke Lanouche. He's me. I don't give a shit what his name is. You don't have a Mike linebacker right now. Now, if you want to move Miles Jack over and Nicobe over to the Will or Sam, I'm good with that. I think that makes more sense. Okay? However, right now you don't have a Mike. And you really don't have a free safety. You got a strong safety, maybe. You don't have a free safety. So we'll see. And that's what I took away from New England. Funny, a guy was tweeting me, he goes, you must be watching a different game than I am. Yeah, I completely am. I totally watch a different game. You're talking to me about scoreboard. Who gives a shit about a scoreboard in an exhibition football game? New England had a top 10 defense. Eagle fans better wake up. In week one, anyone could get caught. We almost got caught in Detroit last year. New England had a top 10 defense. You don't. You don't have a top 10 defense. You may in three years or two years. What happens if you don't get 50 sacks this year? If you don't get 50 sacks, they'll bench Slay. What do you think the over-under is that Slay has an injury or gets benched by week eight? Good or bad? 
because if he continues the way he played the last two months of the season, you got to make a tough decision on that. We have a top three offense. Actually, I would make this point to you. I think you have a top, maybe the best offense in the NFL, talent-wise. Does anybody? Here, I, I, I would say this. You have a top three offense, Robert? Is there a better football team in the NFL right now offensively and talent alone? Then the Kansas City Chiefs don't have a better talented uh, roster in offense than you. The Bills don't. The Bengals are kind of there, but their old line's not near yours. Name me an offense. Chargers, maybe? Maybe the Chargers? Name me another offense in the NFL that is as complete of an offense as the e- I think the Eagles have the best offensive talent in the NFL. O-line, receivers, tight end, quarterback, all of it. Running back, you hope Swift is good. All you need is a good back, and the rest of it fits in. I don't think the Ravens, I think the Ravens have the third best O-line in the NFL. You really trust Odell Beckham to be healthy? So you're going to trust a guy who's missed two years of football in Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers, who you just drafted from BC. The tight end's good. The O-line's good. The quarterback, who's the running game? He is the running game. Ravens are a good, that looks like a good group. Better than the Eagles? I don't think so. I don't think they're better offense. I think the Philadelphia Eagles have the best offense in the NFL when it comes to talent. Now, when you start talking about coaching and quarterback play, they got Kansas City does more with less because they have that quarterback. Jalen Hurts would be lucky to win seven games in Kansas City. Justin Herbert would be lucky to win seven games in Kansas City. Okay? I think the only other guy that could go into Kansas City and win would be Josh Allen because he's got one wide out. That's it. There's no running game in New Buffalo. So other wide out, it's one guy. It's one guy. That's why when we looked at it yesterday, when you're talking... 49ers have great offensive weapons, except the quarterback. I don't know who's going to get all those weapons the ball yet. Jets don't have a line. Their tackles are atrocious. Joseph, they got into an inner scrimmage game against Carolina and got their heads kicked in. They had Rodgers, in my opinion, in that controlled scrimmage, from what I'm being told, he would have been sacked five or six times. Brian Burns was in the backfield the entire afternoon in a controlled scrimmage when they were going against Carolina the other day. Okay? Jalen Hurts elevates average running backs because of his exceptional ability as a dual threat. So you think Jalen Hurts helps the running back position more than the O-line? When you arguably have 
four of the best five O-linemen in the game. And the richest and most expensive, the Eagles have the most expensive offensive line in football. And you think that's Hurts? I do think his versatility helps a ton of that. But don't underestimate the fact that you have spent almost your entire salary cap at that position. Two tackles combined are $45 million, and your center's 15. Your left guard's going to be a $20 million a year guy. Don't underestimate the money that they spend in that. Okay? CZ goes at Stoutland. It is, but it's also the money they spend. There is not another position group, maybe outside of your corners, that you spend more money at than your O line. Your corners are 30 million, your O line's 60 million. Okay? Trenches are where it counts. I do, hey, to to go back to your point, I do think Jalen helps running backs a lot. Like, a a drop back quarterback's not going to help DeAndre Swift. Because, get this, unless you put a spy on Jalen, he's the only guy that's going to be able to roam free out there. Okay? Sills. They were all drafted, though, so it's literally stoutly getting them paid. Fair enough. That's insane. Every single starting offensive lineman on the Eagles was drafted by the Eagles. Can you tell me another team that has done that and the best unit in the game is unbelievable? Even your backups are drafted by your team. You do not miss on O-linemen. And look, DeAndre, here, look at this. Okay, so Andre Dillard became a millionaire in Tennessee. Isaac Sayamala was drafted. He went to Pittsburgh. Those are financial decisions. Those aren't failures. Maybe Dillard is a failure, but he was uncompromising too. He didn't want to play multiple positions. You want to hear something crazy? Here's what's really sad about Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard might be the starting right guard right now in position to make $25 million. If he had stayed and been willing to go over to right guard, because look what Landon Dickerson was. He was earmarked to be a center. He's going to be making $20 million. So that guy, him not having flexibility may have cost him a starting job in the NFL for the next 10 years and 20 million a year. Landon Dickerson moving over to left guard is now making him one of the elite players at his position. And he wasn't even earmarked for that. He was brought into Philly to take over for Jason Kelsey. Sometimes, man, you got to kind of see the future a little bit here. Okay? You got to kind of see the future a bit. All right. We'll get into a little bit here. 
I want to wait for that topic because we kind of have gone through it numerous times. So I'm going to wait for that one. And this is where I'm going here for what I want to see on Saturday. We do this every Friday and we kind of give you a preview. And I kind of talked to you just now about how I watch a game. Please do me a favor. Don't care about the scoreboard. Nobody cares. Preseason scores don't matter. Don't care about them. You'll never hear me bring up a score. Okay, I don't care. I, I, I really don't care. But what you do is you want to see certain things being attempted, okay? It's really going to come down to what personnel they put out there on the field too. See, let's, let's go defensively because that's the biggest question mark. Who should start the game? Do I need to see Brandon Graham? No. Do I need to see Hassan Reddick? No. If the Kobe Dean is not in the game, I don't want to see any of those guys. Because the number one thing that, here's the problem though. The number one thing that you have to work on the most right now is communication. Because there's so many new faces in the huddle. And there's a new signal caller, but he's not going to be out there. So you're going to be kind of out there with no experience and no communication skills. So if you don't play your front line guys, that thing's going to be a train wreck against the Ravens. Mark my words. It'll be a train wreck. Who, if Dean's not out there, you're putting Jack at the mic. Okay. For it to look decent on Saturday, I would want to see this. Get Nolan Smith's butt out there. Okay, I want to see how you need to play him and how, where he's going to fit in. Do I need to see Josh Sweat? I need some experience in the huddle. I don't need to see Fletcher. I do need to see Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis play together because that's what I'm trying to strive to. I want to see a lot of Milton Williams in the rotation. And by the way, I would say this to you. If I was going to look at my rotation at DT, if I'm Tracy... Tracy Rocker, how I would rotate, I would start my guy's first two series, then I would bring Milton in, and I would play Milton with Carter, get those two guys acclimated to playing against one another, then I would start rotating after the third series, bringing Jordan back. Jordan needs reps. You know, I heard something today, and I respect D-Gun a lot. But when I heard him say that Jordan Davis is a rotational guy, that's a flop. That's a flop. Going into your second year and you're still talking about that, that's a flop. I need to play this kid. I need to see. Score doesn't matter here. I got to see him play. Okay? I got to see him play. He's got to get in there and play. I want to see him play three downs. By the way, I want to see him play at least six, seven, eight plays in a row. Get get Zach Cunningham in there. Get this kid Christian Ellis in there. Okay? Safety. I want to see Sidney Brown running around out there. I want to see Keely Ringo. Do you play little Keely Ringo at safety or... Strong safety, do I put him back there? Do I move him around a little bit? Put him in a slot? 
I need to see Reed Blankenship play back there. You're not deep. By the way, do I want to see Bradbury or Slay? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You get hurt at one of those positions, your defense will be set back the entire year. For you to get home more than 50 sacks, why do you think you had such a great season last year up front getting to the quarterback? Because your safety play at the beginning of the season was exceptional. You lose one of those corners, it's over defensively. I do not want to see, okay? I do not want to see those corners at all in preseason ball. Controlled scrimmages, okay? Can stop the play. Guy gets banged up. I'm, I want to see those guys and those veteran guys like Fletcher and Brandon. I want to see those guys in the controlled environment. So guys aren't rolling up on one another. You get less roll-ups when you're in a controlled environment. Guys stop one another in the controlled environment, especially when you lack depth. The Eagles lack depth. I don't give a shit. Okay, so Peter King says you're deep on defense. Where? Where? Where are you deep on defense? Give me one position you're deep on defense. You have bodies, and once again, you're deep in potential. You're not deep in talent yet. You're, you have no, you're not deep at DT. You got one guy who had an underachieving year and another guy who's never played it down. You got Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams. And the other guy hasn't played a snap. How are you deep? Once again, that's wishful thinking. That's not deep. Those are your frontline guys. Jesus Christ, It's like talking to stupid asses here. You think you're deep if you don't have anyone who's ever played an NFL snap. Seriously. You think you're deep if you've never played a snap. Or you've had 34 of them. <laughs> so they need to rotate a lot of players in. Yeah, we're just going to we're we're going to slide by that because many of you don't know what you're talking about right now. I'm here hooking you up here. What is needed to be seen, not this dumb stuff that you think you have like gangrene here now. So we're going to do this. Um a lot of rotation, I would say. A lot of rotation on defense. Linebacking core is uh, is going to be questionable. By the way, that kid Snoop Hudley, I want to see how they defend him. He's going to get the majority of the snaps. He's a good ball player. Tony, you know what I'm talking about? That kid Snoop Hudley, he could play. I like him. And I think he fits that system in Baltimore really well. He can play, man. How about this? That Snoop Hunley kid, man. Did, did, did the Ravens did, did the Ravens make the playoffs last year? 
Didn't they have the Bengals on the goal line? Didn't they almost beat the Bengals last year? Was that last year they did that? Didn't, didn't they push the Bengals almost to like uh, a loss in the playoffs last year? Right? That kid Snoop almost beat the Bengals. He's a good football player. How can backups prove their worth if starters are healthy in front of them throughout the season? How do they convince you that they are deep, for example, um, at cornerback? It's a great question, Tom, because today you don't get the practice time, nor do you get the reps to do that any longer. And you don't have three months of three-a-days or two-a-days any longer to earn a spot on the team. You're doing this all by you're, – you're just doing this all by guesswork because there's not a lot of reps now to be passed out. Now, to me, I think you got to make the team and you got to show who you are in the preseason. St- these Eagle starters are not going to play. So every opportunity you get, if you get 10 snaps or you get 25 snaps – you got to go out there and you got to show that you're going to be able to be counted on if somebody goes down. Or, because look what the Eagles have done already. The Eagles saw that they had no depth, and after Dean got hurt, what'd they do? They signed two linebackers immediately because they didn't. Li- it wasn't just because Dean got hurt, it was also because of the shit they were seeing on film. Christian Ellis is not playing well. Because if Christian Ellis is playing well, why are you signing? Two linebackers. That's all for the medium. That's all for the fans. They don't trust them. Or they wouldn't. Or they wouldn't assign two. I get one. Two. Tells you they need more depth and they don't like what they see on film. There's a reason people bring players in. I'll give you a rule here. When you're a good football team, and I'll give it, I'll give you a great example of this. Um, when Jimmy Johnson first took over the Dallas Cowboys, and they were one in fifteen. Every Tuesday, that's Players' Day off. That's when free agents used to come into Valley Ranch, and he'd put twenty guys there. Twenty guys would roll in on Tuesday. Cowboys got a little better the next year. That number got cut in half. All of a sudden. They win a Super Bowl in year three. You know how many guys he brought in? The first year he brought in 20 on Tuesdays to look at talent because he was looking for talent. In year three, when they won the Super Bowl under Jimmy, do you know how many guys he was bringing in on Tuesdays? One, two, sometimes none. Because he's trying to replace not the top end of the roster, but the bottom 5% of the roster every day. You're only as strong as the weakest guy on your roster, not the top-end guys. Because you don't win in the NFL unless you have a roster. That's what the Eagles and how they won last year. They won because they were deep and good. You're not afforded. That roster that you had last year is arguably one of the best rosters I've ever seen. And they come along every 10 years. They come along like that when everything's lined up well. Free agents pan out, draft choices. Shit, you didn't even need to play your draft choices last year because all the free agents panned out. 
But the difference with those free agents, you gave them sinus bonus money. These were guys you wanted. You're bringing in guys because you have to now. Okay? I mean, you're not signing Zach Cunningham because you want to. You're not signing Miles Jack because you want to. You're signing them because you have to. They don't like what they're seeing on film. That's my takeaway. Okay? We weren't particularly deep last year, especially at linebacker. So when, when someone says that, or DB, you weren't deep last year when you had all those players and you had a guy with 120 tackles, another guy with 160 tackles, you had Nicobe Dean behind him, and he was the depth on your team, okay? Your defensive tackle position was exceptionally deep. You had Epps back there with 91 tackles. You had another guy lead the NFL in interceptions. And you had all the players that are going to be expected to play this year as backups. Okay? Let's go over to the offensive side now. How do I want to see that offense look? Got to put Mariota's ass in there. I do not want to see Jalen Hurts only in the controlled environment. So I don't have any kind of issues. I don't want anything. You know, I don't need a mistake or an accident or a guy pushing him out of bounds. He hurts a shoulder. I don't need any of that. I can't have that right now. And nor do I want that. Nor do I. What's the point to get him reps? Practice harder. Practice longer. I'm not putting Jalen Hurts in a football setting in a game that doesn't matter. If Jalen Hurts blows his shoulder out or his knee, it's going to be in the New England game. It's not going to be in a Raven week one exhibition football game. That's not happening. That's not happening. I'm not doing any of that. If I've got Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones, I'm playing both those stiffs in my opener in preseason. If I've got Jalen Hurts or Mahomes or any of these guys, I'm not doing anything like that. Okay. I mean, to me, I mean, should Baltimore play Lamar Jackson? Why? Beckham's not going to play because he missed some football last year. You might. I don't know. But, boy, I'll tell you what. I wouldn't want him running around out there. I just wouldn't want him running around. So on the offensive side, I would make this point to you. I would say this. Okay. Do I get Malata some snaps? Man, Malata and Lane. Do I risk putting Malata and Lane, my two bookend tackles, in a preseason football game? See, this is not coaching scared. This is preventative. How important is playing Lane Johnson and Jordan Malata versus Baltimore? I don't know. Do I put Jack Driscoll out there at right tackle? Or do I put Steen at right tackle and Jurgens at right guard? Jurgens and Steen have to play. But who's going to be the – do I put Jurgens in at center too? 
and give him reps at center. Probably. Give Jurgen some reps at center and right guard. Let him start the right guard. Move him over to center. Put Steen in. Probably what your rotation is going to be. Okay? I want to get Josh Sills some work. I want to put Sills out there, maybe at right tackle. I might start Driscoll at left or Driscoll at right tackle, Sills at left tackle. Jurgens at right guard first. Um, Get Kelly, that kid you had who was in Indianapolis, put him at guard. And then just start, I, I, I'm not playing. Do I, maybe, do I get Landon some snaps? Maybe, maybe, but iffy. Dude, I don't want to be, hey, if I'm going to give Jordan a lot and Lane Johnson, I'm not giving Lane any reps. Maybe Jordan, I give him a series. Kelsey doesn't play at all. Cam Jurgen's going to play a lot. I, I, I want him at center and right guard. And Steen's going to play a lot. Maybe right tackle. Because he's going to be the heir apparent to that position. I think he will be the heir apparent to that position. So I would pl- I would want to see him at right tackle. Steen at left guard. Steen could maybe even start at right tackle. Jurgens at left guard. And then... Jurgens goes to center, Steen goes in the right guard. Because what that does, what does that do? What that does, it creates depth. In case Kelsey goes down, you've got reps for Cam Jurgens. And if Lane goes down, which he did a year ago, you have reps for Steen at right tackle. And what you're doing in the process is you're creating depth in case of injury all through the lineup. And you're creating the versatility that you're looking for. So to me, that makes more sense. Because if you think you're pigeonholed right now, and Jason Kelsey's 36 years old, there's a good chance he may miss some time. So I would want to get some snaps for him. Because he's the heir apparent anyway. Okay? So, to me, plus those guys need reps. And again, at the end of the day, what people don't want to do is they don't want to... So, you're going to play a guy, Cam Jurgens at right guard in New England and have no reps for him at all in the exhibition season? Or Steen? And you think you're going to plug and play like you're going to do N'Kobe Dean? How idiotic some people think. You're trying to create depth in case of a disaster here. The NFL is one on war of attrition, not just on talent. If that was the case, you'd have won the Super Bowl. So that's the running back position now. Um, do you play Swift? See, I don't want to show too much against New England. I don't want to show too much for New England either. I don't want to do too much. I want to I want to look like a vanilla ice cream cone in this game. I don't want to throw too much into this game. Want to get some reps. 
I want everybody to get in. I want to get game tempo going. And I don't want to give New England any kind of heads up of what we're doing here. Okay? Because what you don't want to do is start to put shit on film that you've been working on in camp so that they can prepare for it. Remember, Belichick's looking for any angle. Oh, they're working on middle screens. They're, they're, they're working on wheel routes. This kid Gainwell comes in on third and six. They keep Penny in on short yardage. You start to get tendencies and trends. Just in mentality. You start to see how players are being used. And you don't want to tip your hat. That's one thing that Jonathan Gannon started doing a little too much at the end of last year was the fact that they were tipping their hand. They started getting it, and they started seeing what they were doing defensively. And that's why he tried to do those passing pass-off routes, passing the receiver off in the Super Bowl. They got confused. So what did Reed do? He ran crossing routes. Okay. Do I want to see AJ and Devontae? No, but I do want to see a ton of Quez Watkins and the kid from Atlanta. You got to get those guys reps. You got to find out if you have a backup tight end too. I mean, who's the, who's the backup tight end? Is there a guy to have any quality? You might have to go into the market and find somebody. Okay. Hollywood goes Ravens play hard. Um, <clears throat> they they take preseason football very serious in Baltimore. Okay, they really do. They take they take they take preseason football because you know what does John Harbaugh do, and what is the most important thing that John Harbaugh does each and every single year? John Harbaugh uses. What what do you guys think John Harbaugh uses preseason football and why they're so good in preseason football? He loves to practice game tempo. I can't tell you how many times I have shown up to certain camps and teams just don't practice it. They lollygag the drills. They don't. They they don't have a high energy. Okay, they don't practice game tempo. You know when you're around a great coach, everything is done game speed. Running to drills. Running, running to team activity. Everything you do is game tempo. And some organizations practice that all the time. So that's why they're always prepared when the season starts. You never see a Ravens team, unless they're hurt, limp out of the gate. So, again, I'm playing a ton of depth on both sides, and I got to get some of the new guys. And, and, and for the record, I might even do one of the most important things to prepare for New England and start to put some, how about this? How about some false intel on the screen? Some fake news, some plays you never run, some plays you'll never run during the year. Let them game plan it. Let them see it on film. Because I guarantee you, <clears throat> I guarantee you this, 
Uh, New England is going to take that game versus Baltimore, and they're going to dissect it. And they're going to they're going to look at the shit that you guys worked on, okay, and the things you were working on in that game, and apply it to the starters. You start seeing some of the things, and all of a sudden, the next week, in the next exhibition game, you guys are doing the same shit. They're going to see a trend. This is a league of trends. Again, this is how every single coach I've ever been around, this is every single coordinator I've ever been around, this is how they prepare for a team like like the Eagles. This is how every team will prepare against New England, or against the Eagles, especially New England. They'll take the Super Bowl, and they will take the last four games of games that mattered prior to Hurts being hurt. And those four games, they'll look at trends on what they were doing. They'll look at the Super Bowl, and they'll go from there, and they'll look at what they like to do and what Jalen's comfortable doing. Then what they'll do is they'll put the top 20 plays on a book, little binder. This is what they like to do. These are their 20 favorite plays. Then what they'll do is they'll do it at a formation. Right, Hash? They like to do this into the boundary. Then they'll run about, they'll list about five plays that they like to run into the boundary or run to wide side. Then they'll do another one. There'll be another page, middle of the field. Hertz will do this. That's how they dissect it. And you'll get that book on Wednesday. And you'll look at that game plan and you'll start to look at, okay, so they like to do this. Here's their 20 favorite plays. 20 favorite plays. You go down and you watch it on film. And then you watch technique. What technique? Maybe what twists, what stunts, what run stunts. Can't have a bad fit here because Hertz is the, in the RPO. He's really good at it. So you'll start watching game film because the quarterly control guy will break down those films and you'll be looking at their favorite top 20 plays. And you'll study that shit until it's until you're nauseated. And so you're looking at what they do. Now, if you start adding new wrinkles in, and you want to start doing something new, you don't want to show that against the Ravens. <laughs> you just don't, man. All right. Hour number two coming up here, folks. Hey, I can't wait until I see many of you at Hooters, and we're going to have such a great time at Hooters and King of Prussia, man. I mean, everybody has been talking to me about it. Last night, it was absolutely packed. People were crazy last night for preseason football, because it's football, right? And at the end of the day, this is going to be your official home for all Eagle fans. And by the way, all seven locations, northeasthooters.com. Find the nearest one nearest you, and you'll be able to go and enjoy all the great Hooters foods and that location nearest you. 40 years. This is the 40th anniversary that Hooters is celebrating. Make no make, make let me say this. No excuses for you not to get there during this football season. 40th anniversary. Been involved with them pretty much the entire time. It's really great. Hooters is your preseason place, as I tell you all the time, when it comes to your draft parties, it comes to your exhibition football, the iconic 
Hooters girls are going to be there to serve you Tuesdays. You buy 10 wings, you get 10 free. You're going to love it. Wing Wednesdays, right? This is another 40th year anniversary classic. They're all you can eat for 1983. Happy hours. Every day, each and every single day, get six items. Tried to fried pickles. You're going to love them for six bucks. We're going to be doing so many events. Also, at the Hooters and King of Prussia, you're going to love it. Do me a favor, though, for the location nearest you, go to, go to northeasthooters.com. There's a location near you somewhere in the Northeast. So go to north, northeasthooters.com and do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. greatest fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles all right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk Champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Big Tilt, National Football Show. Please hit the like button. Kansas City Chiefs are pretty cheap, aren't they? 
Clark Hunt is cheap. They're taking advantage of all of their star players because they have Mahomes. That's sometimes the case. When you got an exceptional signal caller like that, you take advantage of everybody else. That's what New England did. They had to take advantage of every single guy that's ever played there under Brady. Anybody who ever played in New England was underpaid. And that's what they're doing in Kansas City. The Hunt family's cheap. Mahomes is underpaid. Travis Kelsey's underpaid. And now they're telling Chris Jones, we're not going to pay you $30 million. We're not paying you top dollar. All because of Mahomes. Because they would go like this. He, he's, he's not the highest paid guy. What would make you think you are? That's such a shitty way of doing business. But they can get away with it. Because after win, winning that Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill has made that even more to a point that they'll be cheaper. That's right. So the best defensive lineman in the NFL right now, because Donald's older, is Chris Jones. They got the best tight end, pass-catching tight end in the NFL, and Travis Kelsey. And they have the best quarterback, and all three of their stars are underpaid. It's a message to the rest of the roster or anybody who goes into Kansas City. That's why DeAndre Hopkins didn't sign there. Because they were never going to pay him any money. That's a really shitty way of doing business. And what you're doing is you're, you're relying on the quarterback to not only carry you, but you're relying on the quarterback to go, well, and he does say this, doesn't he? Well, I don't want all the money. There's got to be some money for everyone else. Shit. So you got a guy willing to be public and be a guy who's a front office guy for you, telling everybody else on the roster, you're not going to get max dollars in Kansas City, and telling everybody around the league. Whereas in Philadelphia, if you're good and you're at a premium position, Philly pays you. Philly is a better place to work than Kansas City. If you're a player. I don't want to hear anything about, well, they treat you good, the dude. That's high school, college shit. Paychecks is what speaks. Not some guy patting you on the head and telling you how great you are. But we win Super Bowls. Yeah, I know, dude. I want to get paid. I'm doing, this is professional football. Paychecks matter. Okay, Philly pays you. Now, here's the one thing that Philly says, linebacker, I'm not paying you. Um, Safety, I'm not paying you. Um, Running backs, you're not getting paid. Okay? They let you, actually, Philly doesn't even address you. Miles Sanders just walks out the freaking door. Do you have a conversation with Miles Sanders? No. You let a Pro Bowl running back walk out the door, didn't even have a conversation about it. Because there's a structure and formula on how they do it, and they've kind of always done it. Even that ridiculous and stupid Alshon Jeffries deal. Shit, last year was the last year finally came off your cap. 
Okay. Seals, you still think Veach is number one? Yeah, I do. You know why he's number one? Because he doesn't have to pay you. And players go there because, well, Mahomes is there. Yeah. And by the way, you really think that's a great offensive roster? Does anybody take the quarterback? Watch this. Take Jalen Hurts off the conversation. You think that's a good offense in Philly? Do you think that's a good offense in Philly? Not even talking about the quarterback. I do. You take the quarterback off the Kansas City team, well, you got a good guard and you got a great tight end. The rest of it, you know, there's nine other players. And they're mediocre. They didn't even want to sign Orlando Brown. Big picking. You think two dudes, a, a good guard and a tight end is a good offense. When you have, it's a, I'm wasting my breath. You don't, you, even an idiot can see the difference between Philly's offense and the offensive personnel in Philadelphia and the offensive personnel in Kansas City. Kansas City doesn't have great offensive personnel. They've got a great play caller and quarterback. They're mediocre. <laughs> That's what, again, not to rub the salt in the wound. You got beat by a mediocre, talented offensive team with an exceptional quarterback in the Super Bowl. That's a mediocre offense. Juju Smith-Schuster. Who's the, like I said, who's the wide receivers this year on that team? They're nobodies. Who's the, who, who's, who's the wideouts? Can somebody tell me who the wideouts are in Kansas City this year? Who the wideouts? I don't remember them signing anybody. (laughs) JM goes like this. They got a generational tight end, and your tight end makes more than him. That's the stupid point there, dude. Kansas City has one guy. You have 10. That's why Philly wins. You're loaded. Good. All right. Hour number two, probably going to get into a couple heated arguments here with this. Biggest question, you know what? I'm not even going to ask this question. I'm just going to make a statement on it. Biggest question marks for you this year on your football team is clearly Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. After all the months and talk and preparation, we're here. We're now going into the weekend. These two guys, if they don't play well, you won't play well. Plain and simple. No one else. Not even Slay, who's sliding in his ability. But if those two guys don't show up and prove that they're worth the places that they got drafted, your defense will finish 15th or lower. That is it in a nutshell. And so far, they haven't shown it. Now, 
the question I would say to you would be this, okay? The question I would say to you would be this. Sills, you got to be fair here, man. Let's let them play. And I'm going to be fair to Jordan first. And here's Jordan Davis, my take on him right now, going into the 2023 season. He's now going to be put in a different role. You know, they may have told him, hey, look, now let's be fair here. Do you think if you get drafted 13th last year, watch this, I'm going to put an argument on his side for last year's performance, okay? When you walk into that building and Tracy Rocker, who had coached you at Georgia, looks you in the face and goes, just be prepared here. You're not going to get a ton of playing time with a guy making $12.9 million in Javon Hardgrave. And you're not going to make any kind of hayway with Fletcher Cox, who's making $16 million. That's what he was making a year previous. Or 14, I think it was. So there's like $30 million right there. You're, you're, you're not. So then what happens when you're a guy that's used to starting all the time? You kind of slide into a submissive role. And I don't mean a submissive behavior. I'm talking about, well, okay, I'm not starting. So you're not as prepared. And which means this, you really don't know how to prepare yourself as a backup. Do you know how many first round draft choices struggle with going from being a starter for three years and all of a sudden you're put in a backup role where you only get 15 snaps? Trust me when I tell you, it's uncool. Damn, I only got 15 freaking plays? And that's not how you need to look at it. You need to look at it. Thank God I got 15 plays to show that I can play. And he did show at times, but they were flashes. So I'm going to put it this way to you. This is why you've never heard me say he's a bust. He came in in shape. Okay. I guess you have to be patted on the head for that today, which, okay. I have to get my, and wrap my arms around that kind of behavior, I guess. And he's in a different role now. Okay? Right? Max goes to coach is what makes the offense in Kansas City what it is. There are a couple of linemen. They're, they're, Max, they're, 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 it's a solid group. They got great coaching. Hey, don't forget too, Max. Spagnola on the other side is a heck of a coach and a heck of a coordinator as well. Okay? Hey, Tone, Q-Ball said I called him a bust. Did I say that, Tone? You've been producing my show for over a year now. Have I ever said Jordan Davis is a bust? Just, Tone, you could be, and you can be, if I said that, let me know. Because I don't remember that. I said he's underachieved. Um, hey, Sills, you're a DT. What's your overall thoughts on Jordan Davis's ceiling? I'll tell you that. Um, that's not what I said. So get this. Q-Ball thinks that I think that Jordan Davis, I called him, he should have been drafted around 23 instead of 13. 
he thinks that equates into a bust. That's still the first rounder. I said he should have been drafted later. I never said he shouldn't have been a first round draft choice. That's not bust, dude. Holy cow. So you have your own definition of bust. That's not what I said. I said he should have been drafted around in the 20s. That's exactly what I said. Whatever, guy. Not debating idiots. Um, What I said about his ceiling and what I think his... Um, I said he was overdrafted. Right. That's what I said, J.H. Yes, overdrafted. And so far he has been. So far he has been. Um, I would say this to you, that if you, if, if, if Jordan, here's Jordan Davis and here's where I still put him leaning more towards Vince Wolfork. Vince Wolfork's his floor. Fletcher Cox is his ceiling right now. He's closer to Vince. And even D gun said that today, he's not an every down player. Well, you're not an every down player. You're not Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is a three-down DT who even in a year where he looked at times a little older, he still had six or seven sacks. That's a premier. You know, I didn't like the 10 million initially given to him. Now sitting here, I totally think it's worth it. Okay? So I think he's more like Vince. Sam Adams. Um, Scott goes, Fletcher Cox underachieved his rookie year. No, he didn't. Again, untrue. Fletcher Cox had six sacks. Was it six or four? Jordan Davis had none. Zero tackles for loss. Zero. Goose egg. That's not true. Okay. I don't really think Fletcher's ever underachieved. General, I don't backtrack shit. Once again, here's how people, once again, this is how I do my show. Fletcher Cox, five and a half sacks, eight tackles for losses. That's not underachieving. That's not underachieving. Underachieving is a goose egg in sacks, and you're the 13th player taken. There's no such thing as backtracking on this show. Players' performances dictate who they are every year, not me. I am not a fortune teller. I'm not the guy that gets out in front. Unless I put a line under it, this is an opinion, and you hear me say this is an opinion, I don't do that. Just like you guys waffled on Wentz. It's okay. You waffled on Wentz. Every Philadelphia Eagle sports fan waffled on Wentz. Every one of you. Every one of you. He's 11-2, and two, throwing all them touchdowns playing like the MVP, all of you waffled on him. But you didn't really, because his 
his play dictated his play dictated his ending that's what happened it wasn't me i'm not a fortune teller here seriously i'm not a fortune teller i cover sports my shows are daily i don't sit here because you know what ends up here here's here's why i don't do radio shows or sports talk shows like those shows any never really have you know why i don't do that because what happens is when a guy makes a statement that this guy's bad or this guy's good or this guy's this or that, you've got to hold to that. And if the guy like Skip Bayless continue and has made a career at a bashing LeBron, doesn't he sound dumb today? Doesn't that sound dumb? How can you bang on LeBron in any way, shape, or form? His politics blows. But outside of that, I'm not here to cover his politics. I'm here to cover his sports. Four-time MVP, three-time champion in three different cities. He's done things no one's ever seen before. Sit here and tell you guys he doesn't have the clutch gene. He's the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. How dumb do you how dumb do you sound when you go, that guy doesn't have the clutch gene and he's not the GOAT? Well, dude, you may not, you may like Jordan more than him, and I get that debate too, but you can't build your basketball team with Michael Jordan over LeBron. LeBron could play all five positions. And I'm a Jordan guy. You sound dumb when you do that. That's why you're, many of you are going to look dumb. How about this? If Jalen Hurts, we said this the other day, Tone. If Jalen Hurts doesn't get the team back to the Super Bowl, many of you will go like this. Gee, what's wrong with him? I won't. It's called the NFL. Tom Brady didn't get to a Super Bowl every year. Joe Montana didn't get to a Super Bowl every year. Dan Marino got the one. It ain't that easy. But many of you are going to say he failed. Boy, you're paying him $55 million. So what? Money has nothing to do with whether he's good or not. We see guys overpaid every day. Look at Kyler Murray in Arizona. Who in their right mind would pay that guy $46 million a year now? There'd be some stiff team out there do it. Okay? <laughs> right? Wentz waffled on himself. Whatever. So what? He did it. Wasn't my take. Carson Wentz played like an MVP. By the way, Carson Wentz was also third on that list in 2018 that you guys are crowing about that Jalen's third on. Okay, Carson Wentz was third on that list. Do you realize that? You've had two quarterbacks in the last five years ranked third by the players in a sport at quarterback. Can you be any more contradicting than that? That is the most contradicting statistic when it comes to quarterback play in Philadelphia I've ever seen. Five years ago, you had a guy ranked third on the NFL.com players top 100 list. Today you have one, and they're two different guys. You can't have any more of a contradiction than that. That's not the point, Batman. The facts are, you. hey, this that's not a debate. 
Again, see, you want to debate that. It's not a debate. Within the last five years, have you had two guys at the same position ranked third? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but what sucks is this? That's not my what I'm saying here. Same list, same position, different dude, five years later. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. Have you ever seen something like that where five years removed from a team winning a Super Bowl, you had another quarterback named third on that top 100 list? Is there a team in the NFL like that now? Let me think. Niners, no. Uh, Patriots, no. Rams, Rams, I don't know. I don't know what golf was ranked in 2018. That'd be interesting to see what golf was ranked in 18. Because I would think Jared Goff's got to be ranked pretty high. He may have been ranked higher. I don't know. Okay. Jalen Hurts will be number two next year. Facts. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one, double O. I like it. Yeah, so these two dudes here, let me make a point to you here. Nicobe Dean, who do you guys think between these two players has the most impact on the defense this year? Dean or Davis? I'm going to write this one down. Who has the most impact on your defense, the Kobe Dean or Jordan Davis? One of these guys is not. Ray says Dean. Davis, hopefully. Wow. Man, I hate that word, hopefully. I hate hopefully. I hate. Niners, look at. Hey, Niner, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Niner. Hey, Eagle fans, did you hear what Kyle Shanahan said this morning? Man! Wait a minute. I got to do this with a straight face. You guys say Davis? No way. But Davis, yes. I say Davis, too. Yes, I say Davis, too. I do. I don't. I think N'Kobe Dean will be replaced by Week 8. That's an opinion. That's an opinion. Okay? Hey, here's the beautiful thing about Kyle Shanahan this morning. I can't wait to see Darnold Duck in exhibition football. I can't wait to see Darnold Duck playing, man, in the preseason. I'm so excited to see Darnold Duck play. I'm like, Sam Darnold? Kyle Shanahan is so excited to see Sam Darnold slash Darnold Duck play in the preseason. You gotta be shitting me. So you're looking forward to Darnold Duck 
It can't be true. Darnold Duck. That guy from USC, Darnold Duck. And then you got the other. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Guy, Purdy Bird, yeah, I'm just about ready. Man, you got a shit room. Hey, Niner, I don't know. Man. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. Honest to God, man, that quarterback room of you between no play Trey. Darnold Duck and Party Bird? Holy shit, dude. That is a room, man. <laughs> That's something like out of a Disney flick. I mean, it's, it's like the Mad Hatter. Yeah, hey, that's what that's what Kyle Shanahan is, the Mad Hatter. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see Darnold Duck play. What's he playing? When do I get a chance to see Darnold Duck play? Oh, Sunday. Darnold Duck is playing Sunday. Shit, I can't wait to see Darnold Duck. Wait, the same guy who sees ghosts in New York? Uh, I see ghosts. (laughs) If If I'm a quarterback in the NFL, the one thing I wouldn't be throwing out is, hey, I see ghosts when I'm out there in the pocket. I'd be like this. If I was an offensive lineman and I was blocking for that guy, I would just do this. Oh my God, please God. Let me blow my knee out. (laughs) Dude, if I'm blocking for Sam Darnold and he's my only option and I was in New York with the Jets, I'd be like this. Blow my knee out, please. I I don't want to play this year. Let Let me get my four games in and then blow my knee out. Because I can't block for this guy. I'd rather have my knee blown out than block for Sam, for for Darnold Duck. (laughs) Hey, really, man? Yeah, I put a juju on my knee because Darnold Duck was my quarterback. I didn't want to block for him in New York. Kidding me? Dude, hey, Kyle Shanahan and that whole entire organization, the 49ers are not prepared again. You're not going to win a Super Bowl, dude. 
LJ goes, San Francisco's a bird sanctuary. Yeah, it's near Coit Tower. You know that that tower they got in San Francisco? Pretty cool place, actually. And they like, hey, and they line up all their pigeons. Lance, Donald Duck, and Purdy. And they all shit through feathers. <laughs> Every one of those birds shit through feathers, man. Holy cow. 49ers have no chance to win a Super Bowl with the decision-making that's going on. John Lynch should be fired. Should be fired. Okay? That's your quarterback room? You should be fired. And Kyle Shanahan is so overhyped and overrated. It's disgusting. You've got all that talent on that. That team looks like the Eagles. And why wouldn't you have brought in, how about this? Why wouldn't you have made a play for Aaron Rodgers? He played a cow. If you knew you were that close, why don't you bring him in? Why don't you, why don't you go call Phillip Rivers? He was going to be your alternate plan if you made it to the Super Bowl and somehow beat the Eagles. Why don't you, why don't you bring Rivers in? Get a guy that can help you win games. Manage a game. <laughs> maniac. Oh, no, maniac. You're the maniac. I'm not the maniac. I only play a maniac. All those great football players. What a wasted roster. Shit, at least the eagle. Here's what you're doing. Here's what you're doing in Philly. Are they getting back to the NFC title game and maybe punching their ticket to get to the Super Bowl? Do you know what we're doing today talking about the Niners? Who's playing quarterback? Get this, you got Boza, you got all them dudes. But can, can I tell you this? Not only do you have Nick Boza on that team, you got you got a Bozo running the team. Is it Bozo or is it Boza that you got to worry about this year? I think it's Bozo. It's like Bozo the Clown. Nick, hey, we're going to sign Nick Boza to a $30 million contract. Well, what about that Bozo GM you got? I mean, help me here. Help me. Help me. <laughs> Nick Bozo is the highest paid guy in San Francisco, not the quarterback. Holy shit. Do you know I had people who wanted my Venmo that were 49er fans that were betting me 50 bucks a pop that Trey Lance was going to be the next Lamar Jackson or whatever. I'm like, that guy won't start 20 games in his NFL career. He won't start 20 games. He's not good enough. This guy's the second coming. I'm like, no, he's not. Yeah, he's the second coming of Jim Drunkenmiller. Hey, Niner, he's right there with Jim Drunkenmiller and Carmazzi. <laughs> Biggest stiffs in history. That's a good one. I'm going to get to that here in a second here about the Cowboys. They play the Raiders. And I can't wait to see Darnold Duck play against the Raiders. Holy shit. Why did you let Jimmy Garoppolo go again? Hey, Niner, why did you let Garoppolo go again? 
let me let me look at something here. Hold on here. Let me look at something here. Why did you let go of Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo stats. He's 38 and 17. Dude, Cosmo, I, I don't get it. You're 38 and 17. You've been to Super Bowls or Super Bowl and you've been to NFC title games. You've gone to Green Bay and beaten Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in the playoffs. And you just dump him. And you had no plan. You had no plan. Seriously, I would I would sign Carson Wentz. I'll tell you this, don't be shocked if Carson Wentz has a job come Monday. Okay? Don't be shocked. Okay? All right. There's something going on in Dallas. And I got to tell you, is it me or Jerry Jones again this morning bagging on Dak Prescott again? Like, wants him to dump the ball off. Okay? Um, Wants him to, like, like, throw more screens. He has options now. Furman goes, what do you think about Swift being third on the chart, saying he's got to be a third down back, saying Gainwell and Penny are doing better in camp? Um... Furman, let me hear what you think of that. I'm, I'm going to get back to the DAC thing here in a minute. So what do you think of Swift being in the third hole here now? And the other guys are outperforming him. It's a week of practice, though. I don't want to go knee-deep on it. I don't want to dive in too crazy on that. Okay. Callie Green, Sills, I don't know about Gainwell. Let's keep an eye on this because he's in the third hole. He started the year number one. They opened camp with him being number one. I like Penny at third. Here, let's do this. Furman, hang, hang, hang on for a second, though. Hang on. It, could he be having a tough time picking up the offense? It's completely different than what they were doing in Detroit. Okay, they didn't run RPOs up there in Detroit. And maybe he's struggling picking it up. Hey, when you, when you have an offense like that and some guys pick up the offense quick, some guys don't. So maybe he's struggling picking it up. Okay? And maybe they could be preserving him. And they could be using him just exactly what they said. Now here, think about something though when you're looking at Swift. How, how about this one too? Maybe they've defined his role. They are only going to use him on third down and get him in space. They, they might be looking at it like this. 
Why should we beat him up in between the tackles? Because quite frankly, I wouldn't run Chris. How many people in San Francisco? Hey, Niner, would, would you continue to run Christian McCaffrey on first and second down in between the tackles? Or do you think he's more effective in the perimeter and in the slot and in open space? This stage of his career. Where, where do you think he's more effective? Wouldn't you think he's more effective in space and taking less contact? So for me, I mean, if Swift, Swift being used on third down, yeah, but you know what you do? You tip your hand when you're doing that. Okay, Swift's in. They're not running the ball. So you got to kind of be careful with that. Or that means Jalen's going to run the ball more. So you got to be a little careful with that as well. Running backs have to be used getting hand offs. I, I, I agree. Um, Penny's not a bruiser. You mean Penny's bruised up all the time. True, Swift is a pass block, pass back, and wide receiver threat. Hey, maybe what they're also looking at is that, hey, you know what? Put him in the slot. Put him out in the slot. Get him in open space. I want to see Swift in open space. I'll tell you what, when he was in that first game of the year last year, he was a weapon in open space. Um, JM, I don't want to play Penny. I'd rather play Swift. I want to see his role in third down. Now, can Mariota get him the ball? That could be an issue. Micah, he did. He was so good. I think he's on the Philadelphia Eagles because of what he did in that week one last year. That's right, Pickin. I think he is good in open space. I think he's, I, I think he, man, that's the role I want to, I don't want to run him in between the tackles. You know, maybe I run Gainwell in between the tackles. Gainwell and Penny. Put those two guys in there. And then you have him coming out of the backfield. Put him in the slot. Put him out wide. Because get this, even if even if Swift is in, it's an RPO. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to him. They could be going to Goddard. They could be going to AJ. They could be going to Devontae. Depending on what Hurts sees or feels. Like I said, the one thing that the RPO does compared to other offenses, it's not a progression reading. He sees immediately what's in front of him, and he recognizes it. I think that's almost more difficult to do than progression reading, and I'll explain. Damsels, are they that big on Gainwell? They got him RB1. Swift is so damn shifty. He torched us last year. He did. He was great in that opener. I was so big on him. He should still be big on him, but I'm not going to extend. I'm not going to extend that or him for that. Hey, game Gainwell might be just what they're looking for. First and second down back. Penny as well. Let those two guys battle back and forth, getting the carries. And then you have Swift out there on third down. I think Swift will help you. I think Swift helps your team more on third down than first down. Is that fair? When you think that's fair? Okay, I think he helps you more on third down. And he's more of a weapon. Here, how about this one too, Yale? Everyone, watch this. 
So you got you you got Gainwell and Penny running the ball on first and second down. Here's your third down look. Swift, he goes out wide, shifts out wide. Goddard, Goddard, Swift. This is third down, third and six. Goddard, Swift, uh, uh, Devontae, AJ, and Hurts, who could take off running himself. You think you've got enough defenders on the other side of the field on teams you're going to play this year that could cover any one of all those guys? You know, they may be asking Jalen to do more reading this year and find a weakness in the defense and in the secondary and target more people. Because I don't think teams in the NFC especially, I don't think they have enough talent to cover all your guys. Well, what great linebacking core outside of San Francisco, maybe Buffalo. Buffalo's got a good linebacking core that could maybe negate Goddard a little bit. But you got to have great cornerbacks. The Jets have great cornerbacks. Watch this against – let's throw this out there against the Jets. Jets have great corners. Okay. They got a decent linebacker. Okay. So we can cover Goddard. Swift in the slot. Who do the Jets have to cover him? I don't think – I think they're looking for mismatches with Swift. And they're trying to preserve the guy. Jets have a good football team. I believe they have the best defense in the NFL. If I were to pick the top defensive unit, I think that Jets team's it. The corners are good. They got a really good linebacker. They got Quentin Williams in the middle. They're a good football team, man. That's a good football team that just needs to do some winning. Haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. I think that's an issue. Tony Nathan, that's a great comparison. Tony Nathan was um, greasy. Uh, Shula and that offense used Tony Nathan all over the place. They lined him at wideout. They put him at running back, halfback. They did so much shit with him. He was a really good football player. Okay. Um, we're making defense pick their poison. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly correct. I think they're looking, in my opinion, I totally think they're looking for mismatches, and I think they got the players. Now, Swift being the third, let's see what happens as we get closer to the start of the season. I wouldn't I wouldn't read way much or too much into that. I wouldn't go nuts. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't go crazy into that there. All right. We are so excited to have the official home of the National Football Show with our friends at Hooters especially the King of Prussia Hooters. We're going to be doing, hey, by the way, I put a travel schedule out on the events that I'm going to be doing in the Philly area at the King of Prussia. I did that on my Twitter page. You can go over and take a look at it. We're going to be going each and every single month to the King of Prussia Hooters, and we're so looking forward to you. And again, if you're looking for Hooters in your location, please do me a favor. Go to northeasthooters.com. There's a location near you, and you'll be able to find your favorite Hooters that's close to you. I heard last night the Hooters all over the place in Northeast was just absolutely packed with all preseason. Tonight, tomorrow, Saturday, and again for Saturday for all Eagle fans, this is your official home for all Eagle fans. By the way, if you're doing your draft parties, this is the one place that you want to go to, so make sure you call them, reserve a seat, 
at any of the seven locations, especially our King of Prussia friends, make sure you received and you make sure you get in there and you get all the cool things that you're going to get when you get a great time there at the Hooters. Again, your fantasy football leagues can all be set up there. All the great specials. Tuesdays, buy 10 wings, right? You get 10 free. Wing Wednesdays, one of the great 40-year anniversaries, and we're celebrating our 40th anniversary like no other. Can you believe that? All these restaurants that come and go, 40 years with the iconic Hooters girls there serving you. Kids eat free on Saturdays. How about this when it comes to happy hours, too? Six items for six bucks. Tried the fried pickles. Sensational. All the great sandwiches they have. I love the steamers, too. Absolutely great. NortheastHooters.com to find that location nearest you. We're going to be doing a ton of events with our friends at King of Prussia Hooters. And when you go to Hooters, do me a favor. Make sure you tell them Big Sill sent you. run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island so leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods score and save at southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds and if you join our winter watch team we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all keep your tiles on your pool not in your pool fly with Colony right now birds fans visit flywithcolony.com
Why, why, why do I feel that the Cowboys are trying to push Dak Prescott out the door? I mean, is it motivating from an owner? Look, look, look at how shitty that environment is. Can you imagine having Jeffrey Lurie over Jalen Hurts' shoulder? Every day going like this. Can't throw picks on. Can't be this. Can't be that. Why is he involved in the conversation? His ego is the reason they lose. Jerry Jones is the number one reason that the Dallas Cowboys have not won in 28 years. The only common denominator in Dallas is him and him being out front with everything. No other owner pretends to be a football people more than him. Okay? He is not a football guy. And just because you played it in college doesn't mean you know what you're doing. And just because you draft here, you think Howie Roseman would be a good NFL head coach? I don't. He's got guys for that. What makes you a good football person is knowing your strengths and weaknesses. It just doesn't make sense. You know you're not good at it. They've won three playoff games in 28 years, and he's talking shit on his $50 million a year quarterback. No one has the balls to tell him to shut up. Shut the F up, guy. There was only one man who told him to get the hell out of the locker room. That was Jimmy. He never liked that. I'll give you a great moment Jerry Jones Jerry Jones goes around telling people he made the Charles Haley deal which is the biggest crock of shit going <clears throat> he never ever made that deal he tells you Skip Bayless tells you he signed off on it of course he did he had to pay him Jimmy Bob Ackles and Dave Wanstat made that deal. And George Seifert. And Carmen Policy. Those were the figureheads in that whole deal. Jerry had nothing to do with the personnel decisions. I've told some of you this. After George Seifert got the job, Charles Haley hated playing there. The Cowboys were 1-15. in 15. Okay? <clears throat> Do you think Jerry Jones is low-key, one of the biggest laughing stocks in the NFL? Of course he is, because you know why, Tone? Look at his record since he's taken over and fired Jimmy Johnson. Since he's fired Jimmy, okay, they won one more Super Bowl because they had all of Jimmy's head coaches or assistant coaches, all of his players with Switzer. Switzer said this. This is a fact. He walked in when they were going to hire him and Barry Switzer, get this, Bob Ackles told me he was in the room with Larry Lacewell. You guys know, no, don't know any of these names, but Larry Lacewell told me. Larry Lacewell was always the middleman between Jerry and Jimmy. And he's sitting in the room. You know the first thing, get this, do you know the first thing that Barry did. Barry coached 
Jerry Jones at Arkansas on the freshman team. The first thing he said to Jerry was, where's Jimmy? Well, Jimmy's been fired. Why? He goes, you two assholes have screwed this thing up, haven't you? Why would you do this, Jerry? Barry, Jimmy's not here. Wants you to be the head coach. He goes, why? Why would you want me to be the head coach? How could you two screw this up? Those are, Larry Leswell told me, Bob Ackles, both of them went, because Switzer and Jimmy were the only ones to tell Jerry Jones to go F himself. He's never had anybody else tell him. There's no coincidence to this. He's replaced every player but one, Jimmy. And he's out talking shit on that. Dude, you undermine the whole freaking process. Coaches, players. Here's the problem. Can I tell you the problem in Dallas? Can I tell you the problem? No one respects anyone. Nobody respects anyone in Dallas. Think about what I just said. I said something to you guys yesterday about Devontae Smith taking time off to go see Henry Ruggs. Took a time off of his life. He's in the middle of one of the greatest beginnings to a career in Eagle history. Wanted to be with his friend. Had nothing to do with football. Had everything to do with life. That's the kind of guys you want in your room. Those are the kind of guys that make your roster great. Man, I want a whole team of Devontae Smiths. Man, would I love him as a teammate. Dude, what a great teammate. He's a great teammate. But think of that. Every single day, Jerry's got two two radio shows undermining his team every freaking day. What a shame. You know what he is? He's he's here. Hey, Tone, James. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, is the NFL's version of Kim Kardashian and the Kardashians. The Cowboys are the Kardashians. I don't know how they make money. There's not a lot of talent. Looks good. There's no substance. They're the Kardashians. The Dallas Kardashians. They are the Kardashians. There's no talent. I mean, she's Jerry Jones. I mean, it's 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 the longest running reality show on TV next to Hard Knocks. They're the Kardashians. There's no winning. There's nothing. 
Okay? What's the mother's name? What's the mother's name for the Kardashians? Every day it's a soap opera with them. Every day in Philly, it's football with them. Every day in Philly, it's football. In Dallas, it's a freak show. Yeah, Jerry Jones is Chris Kardashian. Caitlin? <laughs> I don't know, man. Them facelifts ain't helping him. Dude, Chris Jenner, yeah. Holy cow. This guy is ripping his quarterback, undermining his coach. And get this, too, telling people who he's going to pay and not pay. I've never seen a person do more business publicly than Jerry Jones in my life. I I can't believe it. Still's about to be charged with murder today. (laughs) And... The Dallas Cowboys are the Kardashians of the NFL. They are. Helmet looks good. The whole thing looks good. Everybody buys the fraud. Can you imagine that? The Cowboys are the most. Think about what Jerry's done. It's the Kardashians. It's the richest franchise in the NFL, who hasn't won in 30 years. How's that possible? There's no context. Do you, and let me, hey, before I take a timeout, Philly Godfather's going to join me at 5.30 Eastern. What do you think is more important to Jerry? The value of the team or winning a Super Bowl? The value of the team. The relevance of it. Have, have, is there any comparison in sports today where something hasn't won in 30 years? Yeah, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame hasn't won in 30 years. Notre Dame. Notre Dame is the same. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. All right, I want to take a look at some of the games tonight. Also on Sunday, a little bit more on Eagles and Ravens. How important is that 23-0 streak that they have going on? I want to hit on that as well. Philly Godfather is going to join me at 5.30 Eastern time. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. E A G L E S. Eagles. Big Sills National Football Show. Hey, that Ballot Cunningham kid looked pretty good last night. Oh, gee. Patriots found another quarterback, maybe? Tell you one thing about Bill Belichick. He's a fabulous evaluator of quarterbacks. Spectacular evaluator of quarterbacks. Never had a bad quarterback in the building. That can't win any games. Shit, Mac Jones may be the lesser of all of them. That guy is, without a doubt, the best head football coach talent evaluator at quarterback I've ever seen. Maybe Bill Walsh. Maybe Walsh. There is not a quarterback that he hasn't won ball games with that he drafted. He is so good. Hey, he can't pick or draft a wide receiver to save his damn life in the first round. That's a fact. But I'll tell you what, man. His true genius is in free agents in rounds two through seven and the quarterback position. He is spectacular at it. Who I, I don't know what he looks at. Andy Reid is not in his league when it comes to picking quarterbacks. This guy's got starters all over the place still in the league that he's drafted. Other, who's Andy Reid drafted other than Mahomes that's in the league playing now? I'll wait. Bobby Hoyer? Matt Castle never, never played a down at USC as a starter. Never. Went 11 and 5 in, in New England. Went to Kansas City, won a division title. 
Jimmy Garoppolo took a team to a Super Bowl. 40-18 and 18 as a starting quarterback and is starting in Vegas. Jacoby Brissett started in Indy, is in Washington, started in Miami. Tom Brady. Mac Jones has started. Zappy Bailey has started. This guy has actual starters on other ball teams that he drafted quarterbacks at. Dude, you give me two, I'll give you seven. And Brady. Hey, and for the record, Andy Reid didn't draft Patrick Mahomes. John Dorsey did. John Dorsey drafted him. Bill Belichick is the head rooster in New England. When he first got to Kansas City, John Dorsey was the general manager there. No, he didn't draft two Super Bowl quarterbacks. He drafted a substitute teacher. And 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 um and McNabb. And this guy, whatever, dude, whatever. You 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 think Andy is a better talent evaluator at quarterback? Okay, well, his results don't dictate that compared to Belichick at all. Anyway, um, speaking of quarterbacks, I'm going to get to some of the games tonight. I want to get back to Ravens and Eagles a little bit here. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go with Baker Mayfield. Hey, what week do um, the Eagles play the Bucs? Is that week three? Is that, is, that, is that week three? Okay. Week three? You signed a guy to lose ball games. Jesus, Grammy. I hope the Buccaneers start out so bad so you guys can make a play for Devin White. Okay? I, hey, you think the Bucs, after what happened to Shaq Barrett, would you think they'd move him? I don't think they'd move him. Okay? I really don't. I don't really think they'd move him. So Shaq Barrett's probably out. Just ordered a meatball parm sub for 7 p.m. delivery. Maniac. Where'd you order it from? Okay. Where'd you order it from? That's a place I want to know. Week three, Micah? Good. Okay. Man. I, I, hey, how can you, how can, here, help me on this one. How could you name him the number one pick in the draft and miss on Hertz in the second round? What were the differences? Both played at OU. Both had Lincoln Riley. What was the difference between those two guys coming out of college? One won the Heisman. One finished second. What was the difference between Hertz and Mayfield? On why Jalen went in the second round. What's the difference? Swansky goes character. You're seeing that now. I'm talking then. 
I'm talking then. Can't use character when we're talking about picking a quarterback. You can't see character. Because you know why? You know why? You can't see character? Because people tell you about your character. You don't do enough homework to know a guy's character. You don't know what kind of character a guy has. Coaches are going to lie to you. College coaches are going to totally bullface lie to you. Sills, would you rather have Mayfield or Trey Lance? I'd rather have Trey Lance. At least he's an adult. And acts like a professional. Baker Mayfield acts like a cheerleader. Honestly. He he acts like a cheerleader. He has no maturity. Personally, he acts like a punk. Talking shit to coaches on the sidelines. Guys he had that were his head. Who was the head coach that he punked out that he had as the head coach in Cleveland? Who who was the head coach there that he punked out when he went and Marvin Lewis hired him and put him on his sidelines? He went over and tried punking him. Who was that guy that he did? He's a punk. Who, who, Who was that coach that he did that to? I forget that guy's name. He was... Jim called, was it Caldwell? No. Was it? I forget who he did that to. Who was that guy? Who was that coach he did that to in Cleveland? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson is one of the most respected dudes and was totally shit on with the Raiders. And everyone in the NFL who knows Hugh, and I do, reveres that guy. That guy's a good dude, man. He's a good man. And you got that punk going over talking shit to him after he got fired in Cleveland. And that guy thought that was cool. In the end, Hugh Jackson was right. This guy's a punk. Hugh Jackson looks right and justified now. Hugh Jackson looks right. Okay? Talent? That can't be the case. That can't be the case, talent, Joseph. Because talent, Baker was one. Jalen was two. Again, that's hindsight talk you're talking. Wait, if you want to go here, they thought Baker Mayfield was more talented than Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're saying that, yeah, they thought he was more talented. It wasn't just a first-round pick. He was the number one overall pick. Swansky goes, you see how Manziel never studied tape shows why he was out so fast. Swansky, Swansky, what's the difference between Kyler Murray and Johnny Manziel? What's the difference, you think? Not much. Maybe one guy's a little cooler. I don't know. Actually, ability? I guess. I guess. 
Eagles hit the lottery with Hertz. Yeah. Second round quarterback that has been as good as that in the NFL in the last couple years. Derek Carr, I think, was a second rounder. Is he better than Derek Carr? Yet to be determined. Because he took a team or he went to the Super Bowl with a team doesn't mean you're better than anybody. That has no bearing. That doesn't mean that. Jimmy Garoppolo went to a Super Bowl. Okay? Other guys have gone to Super Bowls. Joe Flacco went. Um, yeah, no one... All of a sudden now, and 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 the Eagles hit the lottery. I'm trying to think of another second round quarterback. Montana was a third. The greatest quarterbacks not drafted in the first round. Brady in Montana. Um Sims was a first rounder. What round was Randall taken in? What round was Randall taken? Randall wasn't a first rounder. Okay. What round was Randall in? Third? Second? He was a second rounder? Okay. I love Randall at UNLV. Dude, that's right. Uh, Joe, Joey, third rounder is not late. Okay, so, I mean, Russell Wilson was a third round draft choice too. Yeah, but if you're not drafted in that first round today, people really don't look at you in a really good way. And once again, Jalen Hurts was never drafted in Philly to be the starter ever. Did they get lucky? Hey, I, you know what, Tone, we've never asked that. Did the Eagles get lucky with Jalen Hurts the same way that the the uh, Patriots got lucky with Brady? Did they get lucky? Was that because it's luck, isn't it? It's luck. Because first round, you're putting equity, you're putting a lot into it. You're putting your scouting department into it. Second round is more security blanket. You're not drafting a starter in the second round. Twiz goes, all picks are luck. Well, when you have the number one first overall pick, you got a collection of anybody you want in the draft. That's not luck. That's evaluation. You're evaluating a pick. Like Mayfield, the Browns could have had anybody in, in the entire draft that year. That's on you. That's not luck. All the guys, get this, of all the players, Baker Mayfield was the worst pick in the entire draft that year because of where it was, who it was, and the position it was. Dougie P saw something in him? Never happened. 
Doug Peterson had nothing to do with the drafting of Jalen Hurts. Zero. That, that is so untrue. Doug Peterson had nothing to do with that selection. That's why he got fired. He got fired because he wanted more input into the players being selected. Absolutely zero. Those draft picks are all Howie Roseman, 100% Howie Roseman. It's why all the coaches get fired in Philly. Your head football coaches have no say in who gets drafted. Nothing. You know who told me that? Frank Reich. Frank Reich said that here. Now, Stacy, I don't know that. Okay? No. The owner had input on Foles, I was told. Foles is a Jeffrey Lurie pick, from what I'm told. Jeffrey Lurie liked him, so they took him for him. That's what I was told. I, I this 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 notion that head coaches have any kind of input in the personnel department is absolutely asinine. Howie Roseman doesn't let anybody um, dip their beak into his pool. Absolutely nobody. Okay, Joe Douglas had more influence on the picks than Doug Scott. That sounds right. That sounds about right. Okay. You know, you know, and again, I would I would make this point to you too. Yeah, well, you know what? Somebody I'm not going there. Um if you remember the Super Bowl week, and I keep bringing this up to you guys, the Super Bowl week, what? When he was being Interviewed Nick Sirianni. Nick Sirianni said he had to introduce himself to the coaching staff. What kind of coach comes into a place that he doesn't know the assistant coaches? Go back and go back and watch it. It's on the internet. I've seen it four or five times because I went back and watched it. Yeah, when I got the job in Philly, I had to introduce myself to almost all the coaches. So that notion that he has any input in who who's hired is ridiculous. So Nick Sirianni hired Matt Patricia. Really? Nick Sirianni hired Matt Patricia. Where would that relationship have come from? Where, where would that have come from? He didn't hire him. That's a Howie and Jeffrey Laurie decision because they went like this. Well, the third, you you guys understand, Sean Desai is the third choice at defensive coordinator now. He was the third choice. It was Vic Fangio, the deep coordinator with the with the um, Georgia Bulldogs, and Sean Desai. He was the third dude. He wasn't the first choice to be your coordinator. He was not. Vic Fangio was not hired by Nick Sirianni. 
how he runs the show, baby. It's his game. Everyone knows it. It's how he show. That is Howie Roseman's show. And they have run that way. And get this, it's been successful. Because the head coaches are expendable, every one of them. Every one of your head coaches have been expendable. Every one of them. That's pretty crazy. But it's a formula. See, that formula, though, works in Philly. Doesn't work in Dallas because the number one common denominator in Dallas is Jerry Jones. You got a guy with two radio shows talking shit every day on his team and getting in the way constantly. And it's totally why I dubbed them the Kardashians of the NFL. They're the Kardashians. Guys, how does the value of a team go up when you've got four flat tires? A man that we have now found that has more hatred uh, from some people in Philly, more so than Big Sills, is our friend, the Philly Godfather. And he joins us each and every single Friday at 530 now. And I'll tell you what, man, a lot of delusional fans out there sometimes when it comes to preparing for an upcoming season. And I said this again the other day, the two biggest guys that I'm concerned about and I think are the biggest question marks for that Eagle team will be N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis. If those guys don't play well, that defense could be the undermining reason why they don't go back to the NFC title game. Yeah, I mean, first off, uh, you know, you see a lot of comments and a lot of hate, but I'm still that kid who cried in 1980 when the Raiders beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I'm still that guy that took plus seven on the Eagles when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl and Donovan McNabb was choking in the final couple minutes and throwing up on the field. And even though I won my wager, I was upset. And I'm still the guy that bet the Eagles in 2017 at 50-1 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. And nobody was happier than me when we finally got a ring. But you got to be realistic about what happened last year with this team. This team was number one in first half points. And no team has repeated that since the 09-2010 Patriots. They were the third healthiest team in the NFL last season. That usually flip-flops. A.J. Brown had the best season of his career. He surpassed his previous yardage by 421 yards of, you know, from his best season. Uh, Sanders ran for 1,269 rushing yards. I don't think there's a guy running back on this team that's run for over 700 yards on this 2023 team. Uh, the Eagles converted the second most fourth downs in the entire league last year. They had the second best third down conversion percentage. I mean, it just goes on and on. If you look at Brown, Devontae Smith, and Goddard, that trio had more receiving yards than any other trio in the entire league. And it's hard to do all these things again the following season. I mean, Hurts had an MVP season. You fast forward to this year, I mean, on the defensive side, they lost 22% of last year's sack production with the guys they lost. I mean, that's a lot. And then you look at the tackles, they lost 42% of the production from the tackles from last year with the guys they lost on the defensive side. Now, how do you replace that? That's extremely difficult. They had 17 interceptions last year. CJ had six of them. If one of the quarters go down this year, they each had three last year, you're in serious trouble. And on that offensive line, they were one of the healthiest in the NFL last season. They lose their right guard. 
And I'm praying nothing happens to Lane Johnson because if he goes down, now we've got some serious problems. So to repeat all the things that happened last year in a magical season, it's going to be extremely difficult with teams that got better in the NFC. When you look at exhibition football, how does a person in your business look at exhibition football? Me, I don't even really look at scores, but obviously that's where you make your bread and butter is with the scores. Is it hard or do you put lines up or is this a time of the year that you use to set up your regular season when it comes to setting point spreads? I mean, how do you guys look at exhibition football? Well, you're definitely looking at key positions on the field. You're looking at the depth of the quarterbacks on these teams. When you're looking to bet the preseason games, obviously how good the second and third stringers are. You're looking at guys in contract years that might want to, you know, try and shine during the, during the preseason. And you really pay attention to what the coach's game plans are, the coach's tendencies. I mean, we all know Harbaugh hasn't lost a preseason game in who knows how long. 23-0. and 0. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, you try to factor it all together and come out with an educated guess. And if you like the price on the game, you're going to purchase it. It's just like any other market. And that's how we, you know, basically look at the preseason when it comes to betting the uh, NFL. I've got some NFL questions for you. You ready? Yeah. Bucks or Cardinals? Who will have the worst record in the NFL? NFC. That's tough. I mean, that Bucks defense is still pretty good. Yep. They, I mean, they're pretty. They're going to keep them in games. Arizona. That's man. You can just flip a coin. I would. I would say. I would say Arizona would have the worst record. Barkley and the Giants, are they a playoff team? Man, it's tough. There's some sharp money that actually went under eight and a half wins. I don't agree with it. I mean, that offensive line on that Giants team is, you know, is the biggest issue. Their defensive line is strong. They added some weapons on offense. They're loaded on offense. Uh, but if that offensive line can't protect Danny Jones, it doesn't matter if you give him $250 million instead of 160 or 190 that he got. He's not going to be able to perform. You got San Quan running out of the backfield. He's amazing. Uh, Dory Jackson's got to stay healthy at seven and a half. Things got to really fall their way. Now, last year it was a magical season, right? I mean, Dable came in, they got lucky. They had a negative six point differential on the year. They still won nine games. Uh, so there was a lot of luck involved. They, they I think they were eight, four and one in like one score games to repeat that this year. They're going to have to get lucky again, but you got to also keep in mind, they were one of the most injured teams in the NFC last year. So to me, that shows some depth on that team. And they added some key players. I think they can go over seven and a half wins. Uh, the NFC's wide open. Why not? Why can't they make the playoffs, you know? Philly Godfather. Titans, do they make the playoffs because they added DeAndre Hopkins? <laughs> I don't think he even moves the needle to the regular season win total, to the playoff odds, to their odds to make the playoffs, uh, to their odds to win the division or the Super Bowl. I mean, that Jacksonville Jags team is stacked. Uh, I, you know how much I love Dougie P. He's doing it again with a different team. He won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Think about that. Think about how hard that, that is to do with a backup. You, you know, your MVP, Carson Wentz, goes down. I had a 50-1 to 1 ticket on Wentz that year. He gets injured. The whole world thinks the Eagles are finished. And here goes Dougie P. He comes up with a game plan, and they, they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So I think the Jaguars are the team to beat in that division. Uh, the Titans, I'm not sold on that team this year. You know, I would even say this to you about Nick Foles. I mean – I can only name really two other times when Sims went down, they were 10 to know that giant team when Hostetler took over. And then back in the day when Earl Morrill took over for greasy, when he got hurt and what Foles did, 
But the difference here is, is that Foles went on to win the MVP award and outplayed Brady in that game, which was even more insane. So, yeah, yeah. one of the truly great performances of all time. All right. Does the Super Bowl opponent come out of the AFC West this year? Tough division. You got Sean Payton. He's definitely turning – he's going to turn that Broncos team around. You got another year for uh, Justin Herbert and that Chargers team. As long as, you know, their coach Staley doesn't step on his own toes, that team is loaded offensively, defensively. The Chiefs, Sandy Reid. Um, but I would say no. I don't think I don't think they're coming out of there this year. It's hard to repeat. We all know as Super Bowl champs, I think that AFC East is tough. AFC North is loaded. Cleveland, watch out for the Cleveland Browns this year. I know they're a cursed franchise, but that team is stacked. Another year for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, great. They got they loaded on offense. Uh, yeah, I would say no. I would say no. Wow, you don't think the, the Chiefs are going back? All right, how about this one? Is Miami a playoff team? Yeah, team's stacked. Their defensive line is wicked. They got so many weapons on offense. Who 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 are you going to cover? Which wide receiver are you going to choose to cover? <laughs> I mean, they're just so hard. As long as two don't get hurt, they're definitely a playoff team. Who has a better record in the AFC East, the Jets or the Bills? I think the Bills. That Bills defense was the second most injured defense in the NFL last season. This year they're healthy. They got some monsters on that team in contract years, so they're going to be playing their butts off. Uh, Josh Allen is hungry. He's starving. You know, that window's closing for that Buffalo Bills team. They got to get it done. And uh, I think they, I, I think they win that division. You think the Jets make the playoffs? Mm, it's borderline, man. Miami's so good. That offensive line, I hate. Like, I like betting on teams. I like backing teams that have a good nucleus, right? Good offensive line, good defensive line. If that Jets team can't secure, you know, that offensive line, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he can mask some of the inefficiencies on any bad offensive line. But he's forty years old. Um. It's going to be close, Dan. It's going to be close. Do you think the AFC East is the best division in football? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> AFC East, NFC uh, East, uh, AFC West. I think there's better quarterbacks in the AFC East. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. AFC, no, I mean, the whole AFC is stacked. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's, I think it's better than the NFC. Are the Packers a 500 team? Hmm. It's the I, NFC now. Yeah, well, I mean, you're playing 17 games. <laughs> yeah. 500, 500 is hard to, hard to get there. You got to be above 500. Uh, that, I kind of like I kind of like their quarterback. I kind of like Love. Uh, you like Jordan Love, huh? I like him a little bit. He, he's, he showed me some uh, – They got a good roster. They got a solid team. They got – you know, the coach ain't bad. That division's kind of weak. Uh, obviously, the Lions look to be, you know, the strength of that division. But if they fall off or they get banged up, I mean, their defense couldn't stop no one last year. They got a great offensive line. That Lions offensive line is tough. Uh, yeah, I think they could they, they could sneak there from nine. Yeah, nine and eight possible. Richardson, Anthony Richardson, and in Indy, or C.J. Stroud <laughs> in Houston, who wins more games this year? Man, I say Indy. I say Indy. You like think, you like you like Richardson. Uh, yeah, I like. <laughs> or are you talking about the lesser of two evils? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, 
he's a big kid. But you know, it's, CJ tore up Georgia's defense last year. I don't know. It's a coin flip. It's so hard. I, I'd have to go through everything and analyze it. I haven't looked at it, you know, thoroughly enough. But it's a coin flip. Well, I know you love this guy. Can the Jags win thirteen games and have the best record in the AFC? Man, it's gonna be tough. Their, their schedule got a lot, uh, a lot tougher this year. I don't put nothing past Dougie P. Lawrence is, was looking great, you know, down the stretch. Thirteen games—that's a, that's a tall task for for any team in the AFC this year. Let's be honest. Like as good as Andy Reid is, and as good as that Chiefs team is, and all the great quarterbacks, thirteen wins is going to be tough to get to in the AFC this year. This is this is a debate that I had the other night with um, Hollis Thomas and other folks. I said that if you really think about it, Doug Peterson's a better coach than Andy Reid. And I said, because of the things you said, not only did he have a frontline quarterback in Carson Wentz, who was an MVP, then he took a backup to outplay Brady. This guy said Donovan McNabb. And Mahomes, how do you truly know how great Andy Reid is if he doesn't have a top-flight guy as his quarterback? And, and, and again, look, I'm not downplaying Andy. I think Andy's a Hall of Fame p- coach, but I just think that there's something about Doug taking – I mean, do you agree, Philly, that the Eagles, they didn't miss a step when they put Foles in there? No, they didn't. I mean, they, they look just as good. Uh, Andy's the knock on Andy for year, years was he wasn't a great game day coach, right? He was great at, you know, evaluating talent. He was great with quarterbacks. He was great at putting solid teams together. But game day, you know, early on in his career, and I don't want to say, you know, clock management was a problem with him, with Philly, game day coaching. And then obviously if you get Patrick Mahomes, I mean, how much coaching do you have to do? I mean, he put a great team together in Kansas City, and they're rocking uh, – Time will tell with Dougie P. If he wins another Super Bowl with another franchise, I put him against. I put him up higher than Andy Reid. I mean, who's done that? Who's won two Super Bowls with two different franchises? Uh, but time will tell. And like you said, he won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Andy Reid needed Patrick Mahomes. And if you look at the scale between Nick Foles and Mahomes, there's a big disparity there. Two last questions for you: Who wins the West, Seattle or the Niners? Seattle's really good. And I'm hearing Purdy's not looking that good at San Fran in camp. I kind of like Seattle a little bit. <laughs> I kind of like Seattle a little bit. See, here's another here's another area of coaching that you look at with Pete Carroll. He takes a guy who was dead in the water, who was yesterday's trash in Geno, and he said this the other day. He goes, God, this guy's looking better than he did a year ago. And I get, and look at that. They got two 1,000-yard wide receivers there, too. I mean, I don't think – and all the moves they made on defense, I got to tell you, because of the situation at quarterback in San Francisco, you got more stability, in my opinion, with the head coach who's won a game versus a guy who's lost two of them. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's lost two Super Bowls, the Atlanta one and the one he coached. And you got a guy – now, look, Pete gambled on that second one. Still crossed the finish line one time. Yeah, I mean, Shanahan's, I mean, he's one of the best minds in football, but he has come up short in some key moments. Uh, I like I like Seattle. I think they might be uh, the better team this year with more weapons. 
at the wide receiver position. I mean, San Francisco stacked as well, but if you can't get the ball to your weapons, you know, it, it's just hard because Kittle's so good. Ayuk's uh, so good. I mean, San Fran, they're a really good team, and they're going to be healthy this year. Let's be honest. They were a little banged up last year as well, but Seattle's right there, man. They can sneak in there and uh, at plus money. I think it's a better it's a better bet if you're looking to place a wager on who wins the West. Okay, finally. Who do, who do you have? In, you have Dallas and who in the Super Bowl? I got the Cowboys and, and the Jags? I like the Jags a little bit. The three teams that to me offer the most value are the Jags, the Browns, and the Bills. Uh, because of the way they're set up, because of their division, because of the weapons, uh, because of the price. I mean, let's be honest. It's a, it's a market. You're looking for the best price available. And when you're betting futures, you're not necessarily betting on the who you think is the best team on paper, but the team that can go deep into playoffs. And, you know, it's a war of attrition. If some of the better teams get banged up and the ball bounces your way and you're in a position, a great position, to either win your wager or maybe hedge and bet the other side and guarantee yourself some free money, that's how we approach betting futures in the NFL market. Tell folks where they can find you and find all your stuff and how people can play some prop bets and play some wagers with you. Give them the uh, website if you can. Yeah, the phillygodfather.com for all your sports betting information. You can find me on Twitter, at phillygodfather. We're going to be on Sirius soon, XM, uh, I think 200 different markets. You're going to be jumping on the show from time to time. I want your expertise as well. And uh, we're going to have fun this year. We're trying to give out more winners than we lose, and that's basically what it comes down to. When you're laying 110 to win 100, you got to win more than 52.4% of your wagers. <laughs> that's my man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming, to my, coming on, man. I love this. Thank you. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Have a good day. You got it. That is the Philly Godfather be joining us each and every single Friday at 530. Make sure you check him out. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement. 
but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Damn, is that true? Coach Roseman's out there telling Sean Desai this is how we do the drills, not like that. No, that's going to go well. Holy cow. Is that true? No, that's not how we do things. Howie Roseman's like correcting the defensive coordinator. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Howie Jones. <laughs> Man. Holy cow. No, that's not how we do things. Okay. All right. Got to have Howie, you know? I mean, it's, it's his team. It's not Sirianni's team. It's Howie's team. You bet, baby. This is Howie Show. This is Howie Vision. I now know what Howie Vision is. Okay? Quan is like this. Listen, man, just get this guy's ass out of there. Put Patricia in there. Let's go. I mean, you can come. You don't have to. Get this. In a way, Quan's right. In a way, Quan's right. Sills, did you hear? How he had to correct to tell Sean Desai about what was supposed to be doing in the drill. Sean Desai had the wrong players and signs of a shit show. <laughs> oh my neck! <laughs> so wait a minute. You know, you have a defensive coordinator allegedly not knowing what he's doing, and you have a linebacker who doesn't know what he's doing either. Solid. Well done. <laughs> Hey, you know why Howie's jumping in? Because he's got pressure on him, too. Dude, there's more pressure on Howie Roseman than there is on Nick Sirianni. This is his freaking show. This is his show. And he wants to, hey, and by the way, I'm not saying he panicked. But what I am saying is, hey, we have to have detail. This can't fall through the cracks here. We can't be 2018. You know, I think that, I think that's the number one thing they're guarding against this preseason. It's not so much playing time and all this other shit. 
I think it's making sure nothing gets through the cracks and they're trying to duplicate all the things they did a year ago. Okay? Howie Vision, baby. This is Howie Show. Howie's... (laughs) I was concerned and spoke to John about that. And Bo Wolf spoke about it this morning as well on Birds 365. That... Headsets were malfunctioning and the calls weren't coming in through and Howie was standing there to sigh and just relate a message. So was it a big deal or no deal, Tone? Was it a big deal or no deal? Or did people start putting different narratives around it? Because that could be too. So no assistant coach said it? The GM did? Wow, is he plugged in? That guy's got his hand in the headsets too and everything going on? Wow. Does he know every single little thing that goes on with that Philadelphia Eagles team? There is nothing from jocks and socks to players to headsets going in and out that he doesn't know what's going on. I'm not hanging my hat on it, but it makes for interesting sports talk when the team is relatively drama-free. Yeah, then it's not a, it's a, it's a nothing burger. It's it, but but it's Howie's personality, also. Other stuff we don't know the end, and, and, and totally, I totally believe it's the headsets, and it just looks weird. It just it just shows, but it, what it does though, it shows you that this guy has his hand in everything and knows exactly every single little thing that goes on in that organization. Okay, knows everything that's going on. No, this is not how we do it here. I don't think it's any of that. I I, I don't think he was correcting his coaching style. Okay, I don't. But I it just shows you his 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 presence on everything. Yeah, how are we doing that made it look very weird. I definitely admit that. Howie Vision, baby. Oh, this is how we do it here. This is, oh my God. Don't ever say to me, man, that the head coach has the final say ever. No way, man. Dude, this is, uh, it's weird. How about this? I'm going to go with you, Tone. I think it's weird. It's weird. It just makes it look petty. You know? I don't think he's telling coaching philosophies or any kind of shit. I just looks weird. Why did they pull C.J. Stroud so fast in the preseason? Big Sills is right about those Ohio State quarterbacks. The reason they pulled him is because he didn't look very good, and they want to put him in a position that looks and have success. And he was struggling. He wanted to stay in, try to right the issues. He wasn't going to. And D'Amico Ryans did the right thing. Get him out of there. He's already had four or five bad plays. Don't compound it and make the kid go in the tank the other way. Coaching young players is also something that's part of your coaching and how you handle yourself with your bedside manner. So, hey, I'd rather have – here, Louisville, I'd rather have five bad plays than 15 bad plays. He was not going to get better against – 
Do you actually, does anybody in here actually think CJ Stroud was going to look good against a Bill Belichick defense? I can't wait to see Jalen Hurts versus a Bill Belichick defense. Someone thought some kid from Ohio State was going to go out there and out scheme him. I don't, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. I do like D'Amico Ryans, though. Chris, thank you for coming aboard, man. All good. Appreciate you coming in late and stepping in here with us. I do want to go over the schedule of games a little bit. I like what... um, Yeah, I like what he did, too. These guys are young. You got to protect their psyche. Yeah. there's. Hey, you had five minuses. You did some things in there that were good. Threw a pick to end the drive. Got to clean that up. Hey, offensive line didn't look good. Could put that on there too, being rushed. Maybe you want to, maybe we need to get a, a little bit more of a screen game going for you. You learn from failure. You don't learn from success. Repetitive success helps your confidence too. But also learning from your failures, if you have enough intestinal fortitude, is where you're going. You're going to fail more in professional sports or in anything you do that's successful and high-end. Dude, Thomas Edison, what, what, what was the thing that he wrote in his, in his book? That he, what was it, 2,475, no, 15,275,000 ways he made a light bulb, and they all failed. He only needed one time to make it work. And so you're going to fail massively in your life. You're going to fail. And you learn from those failures. So putting him constantly in a failing position, it doesn't make any sense in week one. I personally, again, those those Ohio State quarterbacks, I just don't see it. I, I, I would never draft a guy. Maybe he's the guy that changes all of that and becomes that. Maybe. Okay. All right. Some of these games, who, who's the Friday night games? Here's your games tonight. What I'll be looking at, going to watch this here in a couple minutes here on the NFL network, Green Bay and Cincinnati. Obviously Burrow's not playing. I'll be interested. Hey, by the way, I'll be interested to see how Cincinnati has. This is what you guys need to look for when it comes to these games. Scoreboard doesn't matter. Starters doesn't matter. Go here with this. Did Cincinnati fix their secondary? They lose Bates. How are they going to look in that back end? How are they going to look at corner? They got a pretty good defensive rusher. They got they got a pretty good front seven. But to me, the issue is O-line in Cincinnati. And also their secondary, especially in the safety position. Green Bay. They got a running game. I think the wide receivers were coming around towards the end of part of the season last year. Is Bakhtiari going to play? Probably not in the O-line. They got a good roster. How's Jordan Love? How many series is he going to have? It's going to be interesting to see how that unit responds to Jordan Love and a new signal caller. I'm going to be looking at Green Bay. Giants and Detroit. Um, Detroit, how's your new running game going to look? How are you going to approach teams with your running attack. O-line's good. 
Hutchinson, I hear, is having a fabulous camp. Um, is that kid Campbell going to play that they drafted in the first round? I want to see him get some reps. Is Gardner Johnson going to play? I want to see CJ in there. Giants will probably not put – they may put Daniel Jones in there. I don't know. Probably not. How is their center position going to look? They lost Feliciano. That old line has to play well. Who are their wideouts? I want to see their wideouts, you know? New York has horrible wideouts. Dude, it's one thing to have horrible wideouts and you're in Kansas City, but you have Mahomes. You got Daniel Jones in New York and you got nobody. I don't know, right? Atlanta, Miami, two is not seeing the time of day. Probably not going to see the front line guys, too, in the wide receiving core. I want to see their defense with Vic Fangio. Is it going to be aggressive? How do you think their defense sucked last year? Um, how's it going to look? Are they going to be more aggressive? Atlanta. I keep hearing Ritter. Desmond Ritter looks good. Okay. Well, let's check it out. By the way, I want to see Bijan Robinson. Oh, yeah. NFL Rookie of the Year and Offensive Player of the Year. Could have been in Philly, but you wanted broken down goods. All right. The Bucks. That great quarterback battle. They got talent on defense. Their old line's good. They don't have a running game. I don't know, man. Could the Bucks be a sleeper? I doubt it. Quarter, I mean, come on. Pittsburgh. Let's see what they do. I want to see Joey Porter Jr. play. Okay? I do. Cleveland. Will we see Deshaun tonight? Maybe. Maybe we're going to see the quarterback play. Howell's got to play. So I, you could see Howell and Watson playing tonight a little bit. How's Denver going to look offensively under Sean Payton? That'll be interesting. Arizona. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm interested in Arizona is Jonathan Gannon's new $10 million house that the Eagle fans bought him. Tone bought Jonathan Gannon his house. <laughs> yeah, Tone, you helped him buy his house, dog. I'm like, you know, man, buying tickets to, you know, to Eagle Games, paid his salary, and now look at him, man. He buys $10 million homes. Yeah, congratulations to you, man. Hey, Eagle fans, you bought that guy a $10 million house in Scottsdale. <laughs> hey, do I have a way of sending it in a little? Jeez, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> Uh, that's all right, Tone. You bought you you bought his guest house. That's on Bidwell's tab. Oh, okay. <laughs> you mean like during the Super Bowl when he was taking time off to, you know, go house shopping? You mean that, right? <laughs> oh wait, wait, he had one more game left, but that didn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> let's get out <laughs> before Tone shuts the show off here. All right, hey, have a great weekend. You got a ton of football games this weekend here for you. We paid for the hotel stay. Very nice. Thank you, Xander. Thank you, Joe. Tone, you are spectacular. I have so much fun doing my show with you guys. Tone, you're fantastic, man. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you Monday, 3 to 6, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.